Welcome back, imposters. Welcome to season two. It's 2022. I'm here with Monica. It's been a long time. How are we doing, Monica? We're doing good. We just got back from vacation. We're still riding that uh, that relaxation wave. Everything's great. We took four flights. We don't have COVID symptoms yet. What a time to be alive. Monica's really um, exercising the the value of, um, you know, work-life balance by taking a vacay in the middle of January, which is a not often taken, a not a time that is not often taken after the long holiday break. So it must have been a really nice extra treat for you. Yeah. And let me try and sell you all listeners on the value of a mid-January vacation. Here's how it went for me. Most of my team took off the uh, weeks before Christmas and after, right before New Year's. So that was about a two-week period where I was still working. I didn't take extra PTO aside from the days that we got off, but we got a pretty decent amount of days off. Like there were some really luxurious long weekends baked in there. And on the days that I was working, it was this like these glorious blocks of uninterrupted. And we're not just talking like not interrupted with meetings. It was like no slacks, very few emails coming through. Um, I got really ahead on a project that I knew was going to be ramping up like full speed ahead once we got back in January. And so by the time that everyone was back, I felt like really ahead of the game. And, you know, then we all had our heads down, work, 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 Q1, hustle harder. And then, so a shortened week because New Year's fell, New Year's Day was celebrated on like a Monday this year, according to our work calendar, four day week then. And then the following week only worked three days. And then I went to Mexico City to see my friends. So this is my first five-day week of work since like mid-December. <laughs> and you got to avoid the crushing feeling of going back after like the two weeks. Like, because mm-hmm. you had already kind of been working. It's not like, yep. you know, when you yep. take that full two weeks, even though yeah. I, I loved it and I needed it. Um yeah, when you come back, although we did have that Monday off and not a lot of people did. I'm not sure yeah. why. Um, that felt kind of weird because like everyone was having the the Sunday scaries and I was like, okay, I'm kind of having them, but like don't impose your Sunday scaries on me because like I still don't yeah. have to work yet. Yeah. You saved yourself from that. So that's really nice. Um, do you have any 2022? We don't have to do like annoying resolutions. Any any thoughts going into the new year, Monica? I have some. Yeah. I am throwing all of my positive vibes and manifesting power behind a four-day work week. Mm. I can feel the wheels of change turning beneath us. I think there's a handful of companies out there who have already unofficially implemented it. And so far from the very limited and anecdotal data that I have read, only gains, only productivity gains no losses. Let's stop pretending like our value is intrinsically tied to the amount of hours we spend at our desk because my 
brain turns off on Thursday evenings. I feel like mine does too. I mean, honestly, like I, I don't feel like we work a full five days, like totally, like you got to be on those, those 40 hours. Like it gets to Friday. We don't, it's not like I have any meetings in the afternoon. So like maybe some meetings in the morning, you wrap stuff up in a good place to where you feel good going into the weekend. And then you're off. Like even my manager one time was like, if you find yourself sitting around on Friday at like 2 PM, staring at your computer and like staring at who's online, like leave, (laughs) it's fine. Like you don't need to be there. So I feel like, I feel like it's totally possible for us or like ourselves. Like we just can just plan our own work to Mm -hmm. do the bulk of it, you know, Monday through Thursday. And then, you know, Friday is going to be really light. Like, I feel like we have the power aside from meetings and like other people needing things from you. We have mostly the power to choose when we do the bulk of our work. Um, but yeah, the brain power that week coming back from break, I was just like, how do I normally work? five days a week, excuse me. Like it's my brain just wouldn't comprehend anything anyone was saying to me or asking me. Yeah. Didn't remember anything. Didn't really remember how to code. I'll never forget like my first job at Disney and someone was like, we came back from a like early and like my first job. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know, always stressed, never want to admit, I don't know anything. And I remember one of the senior engineers coming back from Thanksgiving was like, Yep. I forgot how to code. So I'll just be like trying to remember that earlier today. And I'm like, okay, I feel better. (laughs) So true. I get what you're saying. And yes, it, we definitely can kind of manipulate our own schedules, uh, and our own workload to make that viable. There's just, there's something I just crave it to be official, I guess. Um, where it's not even a second thought of, Oh, I hope nobody slacks me because no one would because they're off too, because it's the freaking weekend. Um, so anyway, listeners, if you have positive vibes to spare and you're (laughs) craving a three day, uh, weekend consistently, please join me in this constant manifestation. Well, it sounds like you've brought it up to the powers at B powers. I never shut up about it. I had never shut up about it. So it's like, it's not like you're just manifesting like, "Eh, like, Like you're like actually trying to talk about it. What's been the response? What's been the response? Honestly, like on my team and I'm not the one who like initially brought it up. I think there was maybe another team that piloted. And so it was brought up in a like larger forum, all hands, but my team was like, chatting about it after and people are positive. People want to make it happen. Um, and even my manager kind of similar to what you said is very pro autonomous working hours and flexible scheduling. And his bottom line is as long as you're getting work, your work done, I don't, care when it gets done and, you know, obviously like be in the meetings that you have to be in. So it's really more of like the cultural shift, I guess, that I'm craving away from like the 40 hour work week being the standard. Like it's, it's one thing like, yes, I will feel rested and content if I can take a break, but I think I would be happier if 
everyone else uh, can also have a more manageable 32 hour work week as well. That was going to be my next question. Does the, yeah, I was going to ask if you add on extra hours to the four days, but no, it's just, I mean, I'd like to not (laughs) (laughs) me too. Me too. I need to, yeah, I, I just don't think I would get anything done on rare occasions when I really feel like I have to grind or I'm in that, you know, elusive flow state and I just don't want to stop what I'm doing. Then it, you know, then I'll put in more hours and it feels sort of like effortless and enjoyable to do so. But I I think the idea behind the four day work week is to have a 32 hour work week versus a 40 hour and see that productivity does not decline. You know, what's crazy is like, I bet some people scoff at us saying like a 40 hour work week, you know, those people that are like, (laughs) I work 80 hours. It's like, well, mm, that sucks to be you. I know. Well, I mean, (laughs) respect so much respect for people and, you know, people who work like overnight shifts in hospitals and all of that, who those are just the hours lawyers. uh, Those are just the hours. And I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about um, what goes into those careers uh, and, and what it takes. I'm not trying to like whine or complain and be like, Oh, poor me. I work too much, but I do notice that I feel burned out at the end of the week and maybe part of Yeah. So it's like, not even like, Oh, I'm working so hard. It's just like, I'm actually just tired from just doing my normal work. (laughs) Like, it's not like I'm not like a specific project. I mean, it's normal work. And then there's all the other things that are going wrong in the world that have a tendency to creep in as well. Um, and we're all still effing isolated. Like maybe I wouldn't, as much as it pains me to think about ever commuting, commuting again. And I wouldn't ever, I don't think I'd ever want to, but I do think that when you're in like an office environment with other people that can sort of like lift you up, you know, when you're in a meeting with other people that can sort of lift you up versus like, I'm up here essentially in like the attic of my apartment, like overheating. (laughs) And like, sometimes I'll, (laughs) especially if like, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I start like second guessing myself about what I'm saying on a call. I'll like be staring at my reflection in zoom and I'll like see my face start like flushing mm-hmm. and then I'll get even more stressed out. Cause it's like, Oh my God, everyone's going to think that I'm like embarrassed. so nervous and it's because I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you on that. I was like thinking, yeah, just like we used to just have more fun moments in the day. Like it'd be like, okay, let's go on a coffee walk or like happy hour or just like meetings where you're cracking jokes. Like there's not really time to crack jokes on a zoom. Cause it's like, okay, everyone here, let's go. Like if you mm-hmm. kind of feel like if you're doing small talk, everyone's standing, sitting there like, all right, let's get it going. Like- I know. I know. <laughs> and also like social events just don't hit the same when they're remote. And I just, I mean, maybe controversial opinion. Um, I don't like them. I don't feel like, Um, I don't feel like I bond with 
people like on a screen no really and I'm since I still have you know like multiple monitors around I and I'm pretty sure most other people in that event are checking slack checking email um running code if they're an engineer um so it's it's kind of like if we're not even all present it's like what's the point you know yeah and um have you been like surprised by a by an impromptu like we're gonna do breakout rooms everyone and I'm like oh nope didn't think it was this time oh my god and I just bolt out of there because I'm not ready I'm just not I'm not in the headspace it honestly takes like more I don't know it takes more energy for me to get in the mood for one of those things than it it isn't it does in person because you kind of have to like even see yourself so I'm always like oh gotta be smiling gotta be like gotta be engaged. Gotta look look like I'm having fun. It's just, it's just too much. I don't like, I don't like people having access to like my facial reactions at at every moment. Like it's annoying. (laughs) It feels forced. Everything on a video call feels so much more forced than in person, except for this video call. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. to, to, to transition out of us, this downer of a combo. Yeah, no, right I want to give the, I want to give the floor to you because I know <laughs> I, you've been so kind, so kind to allot me this time, but I know <laughs> that you have some topics and I want to discuss them. I do have some topics. Number one, like as a way to combat that, like kind of just like downer energy, like non-excitement, you know, just during the day where you're like, I haven't spoken to anyone. I'm really bored. Even like you're doing your work. Like sometimes it's just boring sitting here. Like it's just, it is. Um, and especially if you're social and I'm, I'm like an introvert, but I, I need a little bit, like I need a little bit of interaction. So everyone does that's just, that's human. But yeah. So I, um, this week I was like, I need just some, I think one of my focuses this year is to really, um, lean into the podcast, like not only the podcast, but everything surrounding it, like LinkedIn posts. And I don't know, yeah. maybe get the TikTok back going, maybe do a YouTube, something where it's like, and not being like, oh, it has to be perfect. Like I need to be a perfect TikTok star to post TikTok about this content, but like, I'll figure it out. But I, I just noticed that when I engage in that kind of stuff, like my energy is so much better. And then that energy can carry me through the day and my normal yeah. tasks. Yeah. Um, so one day last week, I was just like, you know, we hadn't recorded for a while. I have, we just haven't like interacted with the community in a while. Um, and so I just posted something on LinkedIn and, um, it was like an ask me anything. And I said something like, uh, six years ago, I started a coding bootcamp without any experience. Now I'm a mobile developer at like a competitive fintech company. Ask me anything. Like people who are starting out, ask me, you know, whatever. Um, and people ask questions. A lot of people, it didn't, I didn't mean it to be like a, a self-congratulatory post, but I think like, I don't know from the people were liking it more than mm-hmm. commenting. And I'm not like, I was like, no, no, no. I didn't mean this to be like, go me. Like, mm-hmm. look at like, like, look at me. I'm an inspiration. I just more was like, okay, let's see if I can get questions. Cause we've had trouble. Yeah actually gathering questions from people like on Instagram. But yeah, I have 
like 57 comments on here. I mean, half of those are me responding, but, um, definitely some good questions in there. And, um, yeah, it just like definitely energized me again and, and reminded me why we do this. And like some yeah. people, some people even shout it wasn't even about the podcast. I didn't even write anything about the podcast here, but someone wrote Taylor, your podcast helped me keep my eyes on my goals and stay inspired while working a job. I hated preparing to start my bootcamp journey. It meant a lot. Thank you. And I was just like, Oh my God, like Monica, we got to record immediately. Like the people are out there. People (laughs) want it. The people are begging (laughs) for this content. (laughs) If anyone is going to, uh, keep people accountable for their, I won't call them resolutions. I will call them focuses, foci, whatever you just (laughs) called it instead. Um, yeah, we're here to support. Yeah. And like, I just realized every time I do something like that, I get like a flood of people messaging me. And so Mm -hmm. they're out there. It's just like, I need to be a little more consistent with it. Um, and the energy that it gives me is worth the maybe extra time that I spent like outside of work hours doing that. So hopefully we can kind of, uh, grow the podcast more and then that can help it be a little bit more sustainable. Cause like, I don't, I just, toward the end of the year, I think we took such a long break because it was like, okay, we're kind of running out of, I I felt like we had talked about everything and we did it almost every week for the whole year, which we really like kudos to us. We really, yeah, we really did. I mean, but I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't want us to like think of it as a chore and do it reluctantly and then like not put our full energy into it. So, and just talk we'll about out. like what we bought that week. Exactly. Yeah. We'll figure out a, a good, a better cadence. Maybe it's not every week. It's probably not mm-hmm. every week, but not maybe that week. means that, um, every episode will be a little more useful and yeah. we'll get guests back on and, um, you know, do our little bullshit catch-ups too. Cause mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone loves that. Um, but the, the second thing that <laughs> I'm bringing into 2022 is that, um, uh, I had a, a great moment this weekend. Um, my boyfriend said, Hey Taylor, this is you and sent me an article. And the, the title is monkey queen led a violent coup to become her troops. First female leader. How nice, right? <laughs> yeah. You are the young, that. <laughs> the young female fought her own mother. That doesn't apply to me, you know, as much <laughs> Shout out mom, um, fought her own mother and four top ranking males to seize control of her troop. This article is actually saying she's like about to loot, like she's about to be usurped again, but we don't have to focus on that. Focus on the energy of like the vicious Mm -hmm. monkey queen that you just take what you want, like take what's yours, uh, gain control. Um, Sometimes it's not pretty. Um, it doesn't have to be violent. Like I'm not going to condone a violent coup, but like maybe like mentally violent, like, like savage, more of like the savage mindset, like just go unapologetically going for what you want. Not more. Yeah. More of the unapologetic, like not apologizing, taking um, up space. Yeah. Taking up space. You know what? I was actually so shocked that my LinkedIn post didn't get any trolls. Like that's the first one that really got no trolls. And it was, and it was seen by a lot of people. So I'm like, huh, maybe like, because I didn't write anything. It was more of like an ask me questions. And so people didn't trolls don't go into my answers. Yeah. (laughs) And like, or just when you're genuinely trying to be helpful, 
people take kindly to that. I don't know. But yeah. Um, Did you get any questions that were like a little bit like digging? Like how like do you really feel like you're a successful software engineer without a computer <laughs> science degree or like, so, or something that was maybe just had a little bit of like a, yeah, an like edge. an undertone. Yeah. No, no, I honestly didn't. Um, I honestly didn't like I'm looking right now and, um, and maybe we can do a separate episode about this or like sprinkle this through, but, or just go read what I wrote. Like I wrote long responses. Um, yeah, but yeah. Someone said, like, I would love your thoughts on the best way to get critical feedback on your projects. I'm very anxious about bothering people. Excellent question. Ooh, that's a really good one. Excellent question. One I identify with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just like saying funny things like this gives me hope. I also did a boot camp with zero coding experience going into it. Unless you count my middle school MySpace page, smiling, cry face, laughing face, currently searching for that first role. It was a lot of boot camp folks searching for their first roles. Um, and it's hard because like the landscape has obviously changed since we graduated from boot camp. So it's like hard to say what works now, you know, versus what we did. Like, I don't know. It's tough. And that's, I'm not an expert on that because I did it once and I got hired and that's it. Like, it's not like I yeah. have a lot of, a lot of tools for that, but yeah, go check out that LinkedIn post on my LinkedIn. Um, and or don't like whatever if you if you want to see what I wrote. I really took some time. I was given some thoughtful answers. It's a really good post. It's a great headshot. Mm. Great headshot. I know. I was like, is this cringe? Like it's a little cringe, but like I knew that a photo is more grab like is gonna grab yeah. attention more than um the just the words. And this is like this is I think like the next photo in the reel of my actual headshot. Like I went back and looked at the the photos and I was like, Oh yeah, this one's funny. And I have my little Apple watch on in it. So it's kind of like topical for iOS engineer. But anyway, um, yeah. Channeling, um, you know, victorious monkey queen energy, 2022, we are not worrying about the trolls. Yeah. Maybe like that's who, that's who I'm, I'm staging a violent coup against the trolls. Um, and by that, I mean, I'll ignore them and block them Mm -hmm. and delete their comments. Um, and, and not let that stop me from like posting more stuff or like creating. Cause I'm just, I've just been too afraid to create TikToks. Yeah. So mean, everyone's so mean. Um, I know. Wait, did you get any mean comments on your original ones? Oh no, but they just weren't seen by that many people. So I kind of yeah. gave up. Like it was, I mean, it's a lot of freaking work. Um, I know. I don't know how people make no. these like super intricate ones that are like, I, <laughs> I'm a sucker for anything that's like, here's a day in my life of like a a blah, 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 who lives in the city. And it's always a very like aesthetically pleasing apartment. And then a close up of them, like making their perfect coffee and uh, some toast and then like reading by a candle. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, in my, yeah, in my mind, I'm like, oh no, I have to do cool transitions. I have to do the trends. I have to mm-hmm. do the cool songs. It's like, no, I actually don't need to do that. Cause that's not what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. with any of co- the content we put out. It's more of like, it, I think it, it'll probably just be more me talking to the camera, which is also cringe. So we'll see. I have to figure that out. But 
I don't know. I've seen, I've seen some software female software engineers on TikTok just talking about their salary and talking and just not creating yeah. any kind of crazy transitions and stuff. So I think I'll take a cue from them and try that out. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so trying to focus more on the podcast. Uh yeah, find us on TikTok. <laughs> we have one. We have one. I think it's just imposter pod, imposter pod, imposter pod. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to open it because I we're then we're gonna hear TikTok voices. Oh yeah. Um I won't do that. Yeah. So I think we're um I think we're stepping into this new year kind of refreshed, motivated. Kind of slightly refreshed, definitely motivated. We recently got new jobs. So like we don't have to yeah. worry about the job front besides doing the job. Like we don't have yeah. to be constantly reflecting on if we're pushing ourselves hard enough. It's like, well, we're fine on that front. Um, so yeah. And it's also cool because in our, I don't know if you've done this yet, but we have something called a hype doc where you like put all your projects, what you did and how they relate to all of the value or competencies for the levels. Um, and I just did my self-evaluation and you put stuff from that, like your one to two biggest projects you've worked on. And then one to two or some things that you want. I think it said one to two things you want to work on. And this time I literally, my first section was like, I did this, I did this, like huge. And then my improvement section was like one or two lines. Like, I'm just going to do this. I don't need to make, I don't need to go into detail about how bad I am at something. (laughs) Like, it's just like, here's this, like, this is what I need to work on. Don't need to elaborate too much. Um, And then there's a whole section that's like, is there anything else outside of, kind of your normal job functions that your, your manager would have less visibility into like mentorship, community mm-hmm. building, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess I do have some things for that. Um, this podcast, hello, uh-huh. um, all the activity on LinkedIn, all the people that I mentor. I mean, it's just like that you got like, people have to remember that that stuff is so important too. And it's stuff that not a lot of people do. Yeah. And it means a lot. So we'll see how that pans out. But I'm glad I finished my evaluation. Did you do yours? Yeah, but I didn't do like a doc or anything. I just wrote mine like in the in the boxes that were provided to me. And honestly, both of mine. My, my yeah, my improvement section was also not very long, but I've I started like three months after you. I mean, yeah. I was also kind of like mm, do I really have to do an evaluation? <laughs> yeah, but no. apparently I did. Um, and yeah, I fortunately I am heads down on like two big projects right now. So I had plenty to talk about in terms of like what I was currently um, working on. I... I didn't spend too long on it. If I'm being honest, like that's fine. That's fine. Even I, like I've been here almost six months and it's still like, I still feel like I just started. So, um, no, the hype doc, I'll send you the hype doc. I think it's more of when you're trying to get promoted, but it's just a way to like, kind of like, as you complete stuff, take, taking stock of everything you've done, just so you don't forget when it comes time to write Mm -hmm. your evaluation. So you don't just remember like the thing you did last week. It's just helpful to like 
collect good feedback, collect like little things, even small things that you do. So I'll send it to you. It's a cool thing. Um, yeah. Did you start it like right when you started or? Yeah. Like pretty much, um, like it was one of the docs in my early, like one one on one meetings that was like, okay, here's this. Um, so I'll send it to you. Maybe you guys don't do it. Yeah. Maybe, or maybe we do. And I just don't do it, but yeah, <laughs> have to have to check in on that. Um, I mean, maybe we need like an imposter LinkedIn. Yeah, because mm-hmm. our inst- like, I just feel like we get more engagement on that platform. I mean, the imposter LinkedIn is my, is my LinkedIn, right? Like that's basically what it is at this point. It's just hard. You can't do a lot of stuff from LinkedIn. Like I can't, you know, the links are kind of janky. Like it's Mm -hmm. just harder to, um, to use, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's like where all of my posts obviously do way better. Cause it's like the people who who are engaged with that. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I thought you were going to say, I think we should do an imposter moment of, of the, <laughs> of the new year. And I actually have one that's great. Fine, um, that we can end with. Um, and <laughs> this one was like, this was a few weeks ago, uh, yeah. but it was pretty traumatizing. I, um, I have been shadowing interviews. So like people interviewing for mm-hmm. square and, um, you have to shadow before you like become certified to do them. Yep. And some people have um, different questions they ask. And I was like, okay, can you, to the person that I was doing the interview with, I was like, can you send me your question? Uh, so I can look at it ahead of time. And he was like, oh yeah, totally. And, and the way that he framed the question, he was like, he was based, this is not what he said, but the gist, what I took from what he said was anyone with half a brain could do this question it really, it really, um, it really separates like someone who can code and someone who is a big fat liar. Wait, who sent uh, you this? Who sent you this question? The the person who was also conducting the interview. The person conducting the interview. Okay, for a second I thought you said the person who was being interviewed, and I was. Oh like, no, no, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. Okay. Person is conducting the interview. I'm shadowing that person, and that person has their own question they ask. And it's a like an algorithm question. It's not an algorithm question. It's just like a coding question. Like it's kind of like a practical question. Um, well, practical in quotes. And, um, and so he sends me the question. I open it and I'm just like, immediately, I don't know how to do this. This sounds not familiar to me. Like, and the way that he described it was just like, yeah, any, any old idiot off the street can do this question. Like, um, monkey queen could solve this. Any monkey queen could, could viciously stage a coup against this question. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, and then he was like, oh, I want to set some time before the interview to go over it with you. And I, in my head was like, is he about to test? Like, am I going to have to perform this in front of him? Obviously obviously not. Like, I don't know why I thought that I would have the same thought. Like I was like, and so for literally the next hour, I was like, okay, got to solve this. Like it, it, it was written, it's kind of computer sciencey and it was written in a way that I just didn't understand. And, and mind you, we both did a take home for square. I didn't do this type of interview. Yeah. So this is just not in my wheelhouse and any kind of really technical language immediately scares me. 
Um, and it's just funny because like it was since it was framed in such a like he, he's done this interview a lot of times, like many, many, many times. He knows exactly what to expect from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really leave room for me to give feedback on like, hey, like actually this is not the kind of question yeah. that. And so then obviously I'm having huge imposter syndrome, like, wow, like, yikes. Like I, this is not something that's really familiar to me. It's also not things I normally do in Swift. Like it's not feature Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, so, um, that made me feel like shit. I tried to solve it. Didn't really solve it. I'm like heart beating going into this like prep meeting with him. Mm -hmm. Obviously he doesn't ask me to solve it in front of him. Like, I don't know why I thought he was going to do that, but I wanted to at least have like thoughtful things. I, if he was like, what did you think right. of the question? Any questions, any problems? I go on and be able to talk about it. Um, and mind you, this is someone not on my team has no bearing on my employment, like literally not at all. No, nothing. So, um, anyway, we go over it. He's super nice. It's, it's fine. And then, and then we get to the interview and like the candidate just ghosts the interview. So like we had gone, I had gone through this roller coaster emotions for absolutely no reason, but, um, I guess, yeah, I'm just here to say that I work at this company and this is an interview question used and it would stress me out. Like, I'm like, oh God, could I pass this? So, you know, interviews are hard. And luckily for me, I got to choose the interview that matched my skills and I didn't have to subject myself to that, but it was a rough moment. Yeah. (laughs) That would stress me. I would go through like the same, uh, a roller coaster of emotions, 100%. Yeah. I would also probably still be trying to solve the problem. I know. I gave up. I gave up. Um, yeah, no, um, not worth my time. But, but yeah, interviews are hard. And um, also, the other thing, like the other takeaway from this that's actually useful for other people is that, like, the reason he likes to use this question is it's so much more about the communication around how you're solving the problem Mm -hmm. than solving it perfectly correctly. So like probably in an interview situation, I'm going to get the problem right. Or I'm getting, I'm going to pass because it's like, you know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm getting something, I'm stumbling on the syntax or whatever, but like, I'm saying, okay, this makes me think of this, or Mm -hmm. I want to think about this, or I want to do it in this way. Like it's more, so much more about your thought process and how you think than silently solving the problem as I yeah. was trying to do it by myself. So, so yeah, communication, communication is huge. It's huge. Yeah. And okay. the other big takeaway from, I asked me anything before we leave is that, um, so many people were like struggling in the job search. So along with that interviewing tip, like my biggest takeaway, and I don't know, maybe this is wrong, but I would focus less on like side projects and building my skills and focus all of my energy on networking and like, mm-hmm. and not like annoying, not cold. I'm, I've been getting a lot of messages lately. Like, hello, can you review my resume? And potentially like, it's so impersonal. And I'm like, no, yeah. I actually can't. Like I'm, I'm busy. Please respect my time. If someone reaches out and is like, Hey, I saw your post on LinkedIn about how you change jobs. And I really like admire your story and I'm trying to do something similar. Then I'm so much more likely to, to respond. But, um, yeah, that like, that's the kind of networking you do. Networking doesn't mean blasting your resume to people on LinkedIn. It means like purposefully finding connections and Mm -hmm. 
asking them to make introductions and going down the line until you find that one person that's going to really help you because you need someone to stick your, their neck out for you in the beginning. Like you just don't have the skills to get hired. At least if you have the skills that I did at a boot camp, that's the case. You don't, you're not going to be meaningful to a company. Like <laughs> you're going to be meaningful as like someone that can learn and grow into mm-hmm. someone useful, but you're not going to be killing it off the bat. And they know that. So you got to have someone really on your team. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about creating like a personal connection first, as opposed to just like spamming out a bunch of messages, potentially like misspelling someone's name. Or I I had someone message me like really aggressively once a couple years ago. Um, But the, this was back at Headspace and, but they like misspelled it was like headspace wasn't spelled correctly to the point where after like several of these messages uh, and also looking at this person's profile and deducing that like this is probably they probably weren't looking for a job in a meditation app um it like like it was a completely different company completely different opportunity that they were trying to connect with me Mm. about um and yeah and also I, I I would say to to your point like you know respect people's time don't send um message after message after message like if people have the time at least if I have the time um and I, and I feel like I can be of service, um, then I will respond. Um, but sending me multiple templated messages, um, that are not asking for, or, or, or just kind of like, indirect like what one thing that I don't find particularly useful is when I get a message and someone immediately just like wants to hop on a call and talk about my background because first of all I've recorded a whole lot of content at this point explaining many many facets of my background (laughs) um and and second of all um I mean yeah there are certain points for context where I feel like I can rely on some uh, historical data from from my own life that may or may not be useful to you. But at the end of the day, it's like, I can really only help you by learning more about your background and what you're trying to do. And, and, you know, you don't need to flatter me by asking asking me to tell my story. Um, Like, I'm a very much like, let's cut to the chase kind Mm -hmm. of gal. Um, and I really want to help people, but I also want to do it in a way that's efficient for both of us. Yeah. Be direct with the ask. If you're Mm -hmm. reaching out because you Googled square plus iOS plus bootcamp grad, because you were a bootcamp grad that wants to work at square and you found me, then tell me that and say like, 
and say, yes, I would love to talk to you and explain to you why I'm like excited about this role and, um, see if you could potentially refer me like that. I take more kindly to, because it's like, it's direct. Yes. But it's like bold and not wasting my time. And then I'll get on the phone with you here. I don't want to, I don't want to do my monologue of my story. That's not helpful. Like you said, yeah. go listen to the podcast or look at my profile, you know? Um, yeah. I yeah. I, I think that there's a, a tendency, um, for, for people to like fall back on kind of softer messaging and say things like, I'd love to chat and hear about your experience, but that's not going to help. I mean, no, they don't actually want to hear about your experience. That's the problem. Yeah. That's why the calls are so forced. Exactly. I, I think <laughs> that that I think that that is a value if it's like you have already a job offer between like company A and company B, and you yes. want to talk to someone at company A versus company B. But that's something that your recruiter can and should set up for you. Um, no, if you're using, I want to hear about your experience as a way to make a connection and gain like a mentor or someone that's going to do mm-hmm. that's That's talking about myself. Is it going to make me want to help you? You know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's just kind of weird. And something that bothered me a lot from my LinkedIn post was that I literally was like, ask me any question. I'll answer it here. And then people were directly messaging me saying, um, I have a question like how, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Do it on the post. It's just kind of like some people were, it was fine. Some people messaged me being like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Like I actually am looking for a mentor for this, this, and this reason. Like, like that was different. But if you're just going to use that as your opportunity, that wasn't an open door for me to say, Hey, everyone, I'm going to help everyone and all their problems. Like it's, it's like, we, you know, we don't have an unlimited amount of time. If that was my full time yeah. job, then sure. But, um, I don't know. That made me a little annoyed when some people were like, I need help. I'm going to DM you. And I'm like, Oh, why don't you just ask the thing you need help on in the post that I am dedicating to do that for you because it helps other people too. Right. Like exactly. A lot of times, I mean, like in, um, we have a very vibrant Slack community at work and a lot of times, um, a problem that I'm working on because we have such a, you know, like legacy code base, I'm pretty sure that it's already been, uh, encountered by someone else. Mm-hmm. So, but I can't search through people's direct messages. Um, right. and it has been, honestly, I've used Slack as a resource. I think twice as much as stack overflow. No, so yes. far, um, at the new job, uh, and, but that's only because people are posting their questions and like threads in, um, and it's very encouraged to like write all of this in public channels so that it's documented so that, you know, six months from now, when someone's having the same issue, uh, they can, go back and read it and not even have to, um, you know, like ask for someone else's time. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of read the room. It's like, it's very obvious when you're selfishly asking something that like is only of benefit to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and yeah, well, you're, but me, me mentoring someone does benefit me. So like, that's why I not benefit. I like it. So that's why I like Mm -hmm. to do it. But 
I don't know, just like think about what you're saying and think about the time you're asking of someone before you kind of ask these outlandish things. That's, that's just my opinion. Like you got to come at it from like a, I know I'm bothering you. I'm sure you have very limited time and are very busy, but like, if there's a possibility that, you know, da, 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 whatever your ask is. Um, and so, yeah, and I, I'm not like discouraging people from asking me things. If you're listening and you have a question, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just, this is kind of more of like, these were definitely people that are not podcast listeners, just kind of yeah. like jumping in there and I don't know, hijacking it. I don't know. It felt icky. Obviously, I yeah. could tell, I could tell who the podcast listeners were. Uh, they were respectful and excited and happy and, um, and understood the assignment as the kids say. <laughs> and with that, Monica, and with that, our first episode, episode one, season two of imposter is wrapped. I'm going to go. We make- understood the assignment. We understood the assignment. Episode and- title. <laughs> no episode title is something about the vicious monkey queen. That's fair. Um, okay. But, uh, I'm going to go make a very delicious, healthy chicken and black rice recipe and with coconut milk. Ooh, ooh, yum. The Gwyneth Paltrow clean cookbook, you guys. So I thought, I thought she didn't eat chicken. I thought she was vegan. Well, I think she ate chicken when she wrote this book. I'm not sure. There's a lot of chicken. There's a lot of chicken. I'm not sure to check back with her on that one. Okay. I will. We should have, well, when we have her on the podcast, we'll clear it up. Oh no, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Goop sponsorship in 2022 manifest it, um, that it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. And then we'll play this. We'll play this for her when that happens and she'll laugh (laughs) and we'll all have a good laugh about it. We'll all have a great laugh about it. And she'll ask me if I like the chicken and I'll say, it's amazing. This is now my second time making it. It's very great. And she'll be like, great. Would you like to come over to my house? I have some new recipes to test. And I'll be like, and yeah. some And some products. She was like, listen, we have too many products to vet and not enough people who are willing to take on all of these um, luxury items. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I send a car to pick you up? Yeah. Come to my estate for the weekend. And, um, yeah, it's a little inconvenient, but like I'll do what is necessary for her and for the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure like all expenses will be covered Mm -hmm. and it's my time, you know, my time is valuable. Yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. GP, you heard us. You heard us. You heard our, your cry. We're ready. Uh, we're manifesting you. Yeah, we're ready. We're here. All right. All right. Well, I will well, catch you later. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.